Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Crouch's Couch. This week we're covering some Champions League and some Europa League action between Atletico and Arsenal. We've got CSG here. CSG, how's it going? Great. And we've got a substitute Jack in for the normal Jack here. Instead, we have Jack Ferguson. Jack, welcome to the podcast. Happy to be here. He's got some hot takes for us. Hopefully he can turn it on like the like the red-headed Jack we have. We've got a brown-haired right, one peace. instead. <laughs> He'll be back. He'll be back for the next episode to talk Barca. Or yeah, talk a little Barca and then talk some Roma Liverpool. But this week we're gonna cover Atletico Arsenal and then some both legs of Madrid Bayern. A excellent second game. Alright, first to start it off, Atletico Arsenal. CSG, there was a red card in the first 10 minutes. Arsenal didn't capitalize. What on earth happened in this game? So, one of the Atletico defenders goes flying in, uh, clear yellow card offense within like a few minutes. And then, about like five or six minutes later, goes in rashly again and then gets sent off for a double yellow, which was totally well deserved. And and Simeone lost his mind. Oh, all of Atletico Madrid lost their minds because (laughs) there's that whole thing of, oh, don't ruin the moment, like manage the match. But that's challenging to do when you've got a guy flying in, coming in real hot and clearly have earning two yellow card offenses. So not much sympathy there. But Arsenal can't capitalize on the chances. Can't capitalize. Jack, is this classic Arsenal? I'd say it's more classic Atletico. <laughs> I mean, you see their coach and a player sent off in the first 10 minutes, and you can just see that Simeone's got his men that well drilled that they still go home to Madrid with a result. Um, so, uh, I mean, you can criticize Arsenal for sure. There's plenty of blame there. But uh, I got to hand it to uh, Atletico um, and the performance that they put together in a very – you know, testing situation for sure. There might not be a harder team to break down in Europe than Atletico, especially down a man at the beginning and forced to pack it in. I mean, pulling that uh, Griezmann goal late at the end was huge for them and gave them the... Were they away? Were they at the Emirates? Yep, the away goal. An away goal. You tied 1-1 at home with 10 men since the beginning of the game. I mean, it seems like Wenger is just pissing away his farewell tour. If if he caps it off with a Europa League with a Europa League win, I would consider that a a, a crowning achievement for for a final season as poorly as they've done in the league. But CSG is this ruining his tour? Well, the first little bit of this season, yeah, it kind of leaves a salty taste in your mouth when. You look at a man who's been at Arsenal Football Club for 20 years. He's revolutionized the way the English game was played from a dump it in the channels to a more let's put the ball on the floor and express ourselves kind of style of soccer. But him kind of saying, I'm hanging up the cleats, like, it's been fun, thanks guys. And then having that little send-off at the Theater of Dreams with his old nemesis, uh, Sir Alex Ferguson and current nemesis Josie Mourinho was definitely a unique situation to find the three of them in. So I can understand the 
Sir Alex Ferguson coming in out of his retirement saying saying goodbye to a what I would what I would think he he feels is a worthy adversary who he faced all these years and a excellent manager. Jack, what's the deal with this Mourinho loves all of a sudden? You know, I I would have to criticize Wenger just because it's hard for me to see him act the way he did when, you know, Mourinho has come out with such strong statements calling him like a master of failure uh, over the past couple of years. Um, but, you know, I, I can understand on a certain extent that he's got to play towards the moment. Like Man United, Old Trafford is giving him a reception despite who it's coming from. Uh, maybe take it uh, as he will, but... I don't know. I, it, it was hard for me to see that happen after hearing the headlines for the past so many years when these two have gone head to head. Yeah, I can't help. I can't help but agree. I mean, it's it's kind of sad to see him just kind of roll over and take it, and Mourinho kind of Mourinho doing the doing what's nice for the papers, and Banger doing the same. But how great would it have been if he didn't shake his hand or? said some I mean or said some said some words under his breath but it's it's probably the right move as far as keeping the peace on his way out but still right you can't help but become nostalgic on a good Mourinho Wenger scuffle on the touchline in the manager box <laughs> nothing but then also good yeah if you watch the clip like Banger seems to get along with Alex Ferguson pretty well. They're like chatting, being friendly. And then once Mourinho kind of comes in, it gets a little awkward and they don't really know how to interact with each other. And it's very short lived. And Mourinho is like, hi, thanks, picture, see you later. Yeah. I think neither of them really wanted anything to do with it, but <laughs> Sir Alex was holding it together for sure. My favorite video on the Premier League is still the, the love video between Banger and. Mourinho. We'll post that <laughs> link on our SoundCloud and Twitter. It's it's just <laughs> magic. Any any last words on Arsenal Atletico, Vanger in, Vanger out, the whole deal? I'd say that you can really see why a man like Antoine Griezmann has stayed at Atletico when they put in a performance like that, when he's got all the big club all the big clubs circling him like vultures ready to poach. Yet he seems to stay loyal to Atletico and also Diego Simeone. And when you put in a 90-minute shift like Atletico did, it's easy to point to those games and be like, this is why I'm at this club. It's pretty amazing to see players band together like that and be in, in such a terrible situation that they were put in immediately. And they're, they're, getting, they're getting a little more flair into their side with Saul playing more and Griezmann up top, but they still, every single player will do their job and every single player will buckle down and be part of that defense. Jack, any last words on this topic? Uh, I think Arsenal is going to maybe put up a little bit of fight. They might snag one away goal, but they're not going to go through. Yeah, I would agree with that. CSG, thoughts on the next game? Yeah, I got to go with uh, the red and white stripes. Lovely. All right, let's move on to the, to the big boys tournament, if you will. Madrid and Bayern just finishing up their second leg today in a banger of a match. Game one, Bayern goes out ahead very early. Madrid snags back two in classic Madrid fashion to go ahead, going back home. And then the second game, 
twice as exciting as the first. Similar scoreline. Excellent game. Bayern's big score, Joshua Kimmich. Jack, is he an elite outside back? I mean, showing it in two legs of a semifinal Champions League game, um, uh, I, I had not seen the kid play um, as much uh, before these two games. I know there's been a lot of buzz around him, especially heading into the World Cup, but I think he's definitely put himself on the map. Um, he's got huge shoes to fill with Philip Lom being the previous right back slash center, center defensive mid for Bayern. But um, yeah, it, it'll be fun to track him in the future. Definitely, and I respect that he came out a couple weeks ago and said, I'm not the next Philip Lom, I'm Joshua Kimmich, which is pretty cool for him not to, yeah, to absolutely. Yeah, jump out of the shadow. Is this is this the classic Madrid-Bayern rivalry we've seen in CSG? I mean, they've played more games in Europe than any other team in different leagues. I feel like I say this every other week when we talk about matches at the Bernabeu, but just absolutely wild, wild scenes in Madrid again. <laughs> I mean, I felt like Bayern, dream start, they bang a goal home in the, like the second or third minute, and then you're like... All right, fasten those seatbelts. Let's get going for a bender of 90 minutes. And I just felt like Bayern really had a stranglehold on the game. They grabbed it by the scruff of the neck. And Madrid were very, very vulnerable down uh, their right-hand side with Modric and Vasquez playing right mid and right back, respectively, which I thought was a interesting tactical decision from Don. Especially with how much... Uh, defense Modric had to play. I feel like that wasn't really his role to be carved out, and he was struggling. It's not his game to have to track back and not just be pulling the strings up there with Cruz. A, a player who I thought thrived in this series was James, and he had the assist on the first game, and he banged home a goal in the second game after an excellent volley and then a rebound and a great finish. He's not finishing against his or not celebrating against his former club. Alexi Lalas was angry over the fact that he didn't celebrate against his former club. Jack, thoughts on that one? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, uh, this is a clip, uh, typical Alexi Lalas type of uh, rant, I would have to say. But, um, it, I mean, between the two legs, you got to understand James's, you know, excitement and energy into playing the team that has basically said, you know, not now. We're not going to have you in our team right now, but we'll see where you are in two years. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's a two-year loan with Bayern. Um, so, you know, clearly he still feels like he has a lot to prove, especially being a huge money transfer from Monaco following the World Cup. Um, but with Alexi Lawless coming out and saying that he thinks it's disrespectful to not celebrate a goal um, from your parent club's home stadium, I think it's a little harsh, especially when... You see now players doing it every week, it seems. You know, you see Mohamed Salah last week not celebrating two of his goals against Roma. So I know that's a little different situation, but I think it's actually more of a class act as opposed to a, you know, middle finger to the teams that's actually letting them I play. agree, and it's not. I mean, it just shows that even if you're not playing in the side, that they do respect the badge and they do respect what opportunity they've been given. Does CSG, does James prove or disprove the theory of the quick buys after a good World Cup performance? After it was kind of pushed out of Madrid, but now is thriving at Bayern. So there's always that theory of clubs constantly overspend after a major tournament when 
honestly, I don't think the world had really, Hamas hadn't really been on the world's radar until he just scores banger after banger at the World Cup. And then all of a sudden, Madrid shell out a ton of cash for him. And then, yeah, he's kind of thrust into this environment in which I don't know if he was necessarily ready for. And so just because, like, he had a meteoric rise to essentially what was the top of the footballing world. And then I don't know if he coped well with life in Madrid, criticism in Madrid, and also just moving to a new place and kind of having to deal with just a different type of language, culture, and lifestyle. And so I think having that um, Madrid experience, then now moving to Bayern, has really, it's really helped him kind of mature as probably a player and as just like a person in general. Yeah, and that's something I love to see. I mean, he was just such a young kid thrust onto the biggest scene in soccer. And he's he's thrived on two of the biggest clubs in the world, probably including Barca. I would say Madrid, Bayern, and Barca are probably the three biggest clubs in the world over the past few years in Champions League and uh, domestic leagues alike. Um, although Madrid w- took took eventually took this series home, CSG, was Thiago the best player in this series, or did someone else stand out to you? I think I have to give it to Thiago. Over two legs, he makes Bayern tick. He was their engine in the center of midfield. Every time I felt like Bayern got a good attack or was doing something well going forward, he was the man kind of orchestrating it all, and he was he was behind the basically master game plan that was set out and that he really put good balls into the box. His little final balls through were also nice as well and that he really just made the team tick in general. I agree. And his he surprised me with his defensive play. He shut down Asensio on almost every run through he had on this past game. Obviously, it wasn't enough, but he put in quite a performance. Jack, the boys at ESPN FC the other day stated that Javi Martinez should be taken in a joint 11 over Casemiro. How do you feel about that? Well, I got a real quick hot take uh, over your guys' last pick really quick. Um, Best player between the two legs, Kaylor Navas for me, 100%. Oh, I love that. I I think he single-handedly kept Madrid in both ties. Um, you you, You saw Sergio Ramos today running around with no idea where runners were marked. (laughs) And I think Kaylor Navas pulled some saves out of nowhere to keep his team in the tie. Off off Alaba's deflection shot, too. That was that was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he kind of plays with a chip on his shoulder when Madrid is constantly linked with a Courtois or a De Gea. And uh, I, I think it's tough to say now where he's going to be in his third consecutive Champions League final that they really necessarily need a replacement goalie. He's also another one of those World Cup signings. After his incredible, he's he's Costa Rican, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was another after his uh, Costa Rican performance. Yeah, they bought him and James. So, Jack, thoughts on the thoughts on the Javi Martinez over Casemiro pick? Yeah, it's really hard for me to say because um, yeah, the Bundesliga is not a league where first off that gets as much attention um, from the media and. Honestly, I don't think they see themselves playing the highest um, highest form of competition week in and week out. I mean, Bayern clinched 
the Bundesliga, it seemed like months ago. <laughs> and uh, Javi Martinez, I know, can play, I think, much more uh, diverse positions. Like, he is much more a variable player where he can play in the back, he can play right back, he can play holding mid, he can play as a normal out-and-out center mid. Um, where I think Casemiro is an absolute tank in the holding midfield. Um, this could be another story of where Madrid sends another player out on loan. He does well and he comes back and joins the force. So we'll see if that happens with James. But I know Casemiro went out to Porto, did his time, and now he's single-handedly you know, kind of run that midfield and let players like Modric and Cruz do their thing. So I, I think he's far more, far more valuable than a Javi Martinez. Yeah, the value of just letting Cruz and Modric go is is unparalleled i think because those guys can pull strings like like no other pair i've seen in recent years since really iniesta and xavi in my opinion um quick one quick shout out to iniesta r.i.p goodbye from barcelona iniesta or xavi any thoughts on who was more valuable csg i might be a prisoner of the moment but (laughs) i was always more of a fan of iniesta's play just because I thought it was more appealing on the eye. And also, I think he had a slightly more influential role on making Barcelona tick back in their heyday of winning Champs Leagues from what, like 2010 to 2013, those like three years that they won it twice against Manchester United? Yeah. Jack? Uh, Yeah, I would definitely agree. Uh, I mean,. From like a, an audience perspective, uh, I think Iniesta is far more exciting to watch. And Xavi is obviously someone you'll always see at the top of the statistics leaderboard because he was, you know, so efficient and like so consistent with his passing rates and like ground covered in, in the center midfield for Barcelona. But, you know, when you look at the most important moments for Barcelona and the Spain, uh, Spanish national team, you know, it, it's Iniesta mm-hmm. popping up, not Xavi usually. Can we go through those Iniesta highlights? Um, I'd like to point out the one in the 2010 World Cup against Holland. That was a nice goal in extra time. Then also probably one of my uh, favorite ones to stick in Jack's face just because he's a diehard Chelsea fan is that semifinal tie at Stamford Bridge when Chelsea's up 1-0. It's in like the 89th or 90th minute and ball comes across the box. Seems harmless and then sure enough Iniesta pops up and puts it right in the top bin and sends Chelsea fans covering their no eyes no problem so many hot takes could come out of this right now <laughs> <laughs> okay, biggest fair. one being that it was a horrible miss hit <laughs> goal's a goal <laughs> you had no business scoring that <laughs> Torres <laughs> Yeah, that was that was redemption if I've ever seen it. Torres, <laughs> fifty million pounds just forgotten in a matter of moments. <laughs> oh, sweet Torres, the best player of all time, best Spanish player, best player ever. One thing I also about the about the uh, kind of a lot of teams this year wrapped up their leagues with like a lot of time to spare. That being said, with Bayern. Um, they're all competing for places in a World Cup 11 and like, and also just getting on the plane to Russia. And so like, although they don't play 
elite competition every single week that can match up with them. Is there still that sense in training of that they are playing for something when they do finally play in a big semifinal tie in the Champs League and also they have the World Cup basically hanging over their head? I don't know. I mean, are you saying Bayern players or German players? I'm saying players at Bayern, regardless of they're German or not, it's like, do they, is that motivation enough to keep the level high or do you actually need to be challenged week in and week out in your domestic cup and then also your domestic I think, league? I think it's all in your training, really. I think if you can keep that level high in training, no matter what your domestic cup is looking like, and if you can keep your, not only win your games in your domestic cup, but keep excellence and keep winning those games 5-0 and keep winning those games with shutouts and handily and play good soccer while doing it. I mean, these are professional soccer teams. No matter if you're playing the Real Madrid's, the Barcelona's week in and week out, or as in the Premier League, I feel like every game is a great competition. You're still playing professional soccer teams who have great players, great attackers, great keepers that you still have to finish the ball well on. And you can play great soccer wherever you are. So I feel like the level is not too low that they're not prepared for these European games and they can still get up for them because obviously they can. And even though they've taken a not early exit, but an unfortunate exit for them in the semifinal, I thought they put up a hell of a fight against Real Madrid. All right, moving on to the 91st minute, the last segment of the show today. Question number one, can Roma come back from this from this hole that they've dug themselves? CSG. We saw Barca do it to PSG. We saw Roma do it to PS or uh, Roma do it to Barca a couple weekends ago. <laughs> I mean, why not? When wild things happen Jack, in the capital. Any chance? If Lovren's playing, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I kind of hope so. If they came back once, I'd love to see him do it again. And then I'm just hoping Madrid doesn't smack either of these teams into the ground in the final. Next question, why is Fellaini the best withdrawn striker in the world and how does he score backwards headers like no one's business? Jack? Imagine being a center defender in the 91st minute and then this behemoth comes in. <laughs> you can't see past the front. Huge advantage. I don't know how you can. Huge advantage. You can't defend when you're blind. Yeah. I mean, you, you can understand why Mourinho wants to get this guy signed for another contract. He's He's got a huge sense of... Uh, impact when necessary. <laughs> Red cards, penalties, or goals. He's a, he's a roulette. <laughs> CSG? I mean, aside from being the best player in the world and also my <laughs> favorite player in the world, um, the guy just scores goals in oddly <laughs> big-time moments, I feel like. like Whenever it's late in the game, you dump him on, and you're just like, how many balls can we get in the box? Eventually, Flaney's going to head one in or knock one down, and then United's going to get the rebound and score. So the guy, I don't know, he comes up with He's a good He's an integral part of their comeback attack. He just, they throw it, they throw him the ball in the corner of the six, and then they put everyone else on the other side. It's amazing. Next question. Bale has four years on his newly signed contract. Any way he stays, and if not, where does he go? CSG. I feel like he's just getting pushed out, especially with, like, Vasquez, Asensio, and all the youth kind of coming up through Madrid, but... I would love to see him go back to Spurs. We'll, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, get reunited with uh, Dan Levy. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Jack? Uh, I don't see Spurs happening whatsoever, unless it's like a swap deal for Ali Kane. But uh, I, I heard a rumor that he's going to Bayern, which 
you know, with Robin and Ribery at the door, I think he could actually do great there. I agree. That could be a good good sub back in. I don't even know if I want him back at Spurs. When he comes on the field for Madrid, he just looks lackadaisical. Like he had that chance at the end of the game where he kind of took a touch and then took a took a touch and it went straight to um, Ulrich in the goal. And he didn't seem to care at all. So I'm I'm team no bail, please. Oh, I'm just nostalgic right now. He lit up <laughs> the prem that one year. Just cutting in and finishing far post is amazing. Yeah. Last question. Salah for Ballon d'Or, Jack? Uh, I'm going to say not this year because my fanboy is saying Ronaldo is going to get one more to top Messi and then call it quits. We'll have Salah take it next year. <laughs> CSG? Yeah, nearly same take. I'm biased. I just want Ronnie to go down as one of the greatest players or the greatest player ever. I would love to see a Liverpool-Madrid final both score some goals, and then whoever wins it basically take home the Ballon d'Or crown. <laughs> that would be amazing. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We always appreciate all of our listeners. Thanks for tuning in to Crouch's Couch. Thank you to Jack for hopping on this week. You. We'll be sure to have him back again. He's our he's our Gab Marcotti of the ESPN FC crew. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. You're a lot cuter. Check, it, check us out on Twitter at Crouch's Couch. Check us out on SoundCloud, Crouch's Couch again. We've got lots of good content for you. Feel free to donate on our Patreon if you want. And again, thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate it. Cheers. <laughs>